Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. Hello, and welcome to an Eldritch Dream Games production of the Eterna Podcast. This podcast is made possible by our patrons. From the LCP D&D podcast, we have Tim Demuse, Wesley Sullivan, and Brian Bridges. From our sister podcast, Dustress, as well as the Hex Grid Heroes Network, we have Don Bewley. And also from Dustress, as well as Action Forge, we have Brian Rafe. Please stay tuned after the story to hear about the great projects these guys are working on. And thank you so much for supporting us. Last time on Dick and Ball Z, y'all ran into a uh, mechanical fellow by the name of Sater Jax and rescued him from being pinned under a tree, but were snuck up on, not very sneakily, by a group of strange purple-blooded marauders. You fought them off and escaped before a large horde of enemies uh, converged on your prior location. Uh, you went back to the mansion, the mansion, the museum, uh, Clint's museum, and uh, began to set up camp. Fox has decided to take a long, stretchy nap outdoors in the garden, whilst everybody else begins to have a conversation about how long they're going to stay intact. And so the scene is set, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mood lighting, maybe candles, maybe an indoor fire if we can manage it. Once we kind of get settled in and uh, Leaf asks, you know, how long we're going to stick around here, what we're going to do, I think um, Riley will uh, pull the group together and um, just uh, begin conversation by saying, obviously it is clear that we have a very great task and adventure ahead of us. And I feel like there is much to consider before moving forward in terms of how we move forward and where we travel to there's i admit there's a part of me that wishes there was something we could do for starlights for the bodies left out in the open for the people who were killed here and if we had the time and security i would have preferred to form a small memorial um, in their honor, since obviously we cannot go around burying all the bodies and giving them the rest they deserve. If time is of the essence, or if we need to move from here immediately, then we need to have a plan of action. And in order to have a plan of action, I believe we need to understand exactly what we've been thrown into and what our end goals are. And to begin my conversation with Caden Callion was... Perhaps not the most informative in the world. Honestly, it left me with more questions than answers in a lot of ways. But the things that stand clear is that there is a concrete objective of obtaining his idol and placing it upon the topmost portion of a spire 
to have events transpire accordingly. However, Caden give, did give me two options, one of which would seemingly reset or restore the boundaries between the creatures that attack Starlight in our realm or our world, and the other leading more towards a what I thought of as a more permanent solution, a war. I don't know what options were laid out before all of you, if you were even informed of this, or if we've been given the exact same information, but this is what I was told. I have no option. I find that difficult to believe. We all have choices. But why do you say that? My task is very simple. I must go to Helios, look into the Queen's past, for information to guide me to the relic and take the relic to the tower. And I must protect the three of you along the way. The relic belonging to what or who? A psychopomp. Tava, I'm, I'm going to ask you to speak to me like I am five. What is a psychopomp? <laughs> a psychopomp is what carried me out of Avedon and brought me here. They take souls from to and from um, like the boneyard to the the plane that they are judged to spend their eternity on they um, they don't like people messing with souls um, so like they they will help guard and, and protect souls from being stolen things of that nature sometimes um, but this particular one works for for asthma so you did not get to speak to Phrasma. I don't work for Phrasma. I work for the psychopomp. Interesting. And did this psychopomp inform you of what would happen upon you taking the relic to the tower? They will be able to hold back the the dark powers that are trying to burst through and destroy our world and every world beyond. Riley uh, just uh, slowly nods. Um, it probably being very clear that he's attempting to think about a lot of things at the exact same time, which for his nature is a little uncharacteristic. But um, he says, uh, and if I'm understanding situations correctly, at least what Caden informed of me, that upon placing these idols at their highest point, the god or the creature to which the idol belonged would gain immense power over our realm correct uh, my understanding of it is more that it determines the hierarchy and who gets more say as into how the world is put right like maybe the first time around when they did this and were were holding back these entities different gods had more say and so the world was more one way than the other and these relics are going to kind of choose a lineup of the gods which means that all gods especially the ones we talk to anyone involved in this is probably biased towards their own ends Certainly, I, I would think so. I'm not acquainted with many gods, so I can't say for certain, but I, I would assume that 
they're like anybody else and have a tendency to be a bit selfish. So you were not then informed of any means of fighting back against these creatures that threaten our world? My understanding are these creatures are, are elder gods. They are gods above and beyond power of the gods we know. I don't think you fight back against that. I'm not one for thinking in terms of impossibilities, but I won't belabor the point now. I have more I'd wish to hear from the remainder of our party. Uh, Unless you have anything else to add. I don't want to cut you off. No, I don't think there's anything else to add. Then... Leaf, Brock, would you mind sharing the details of your encounters with the gods that rule above us? Well, my encounter was... I was given the same... uh, I guess decision, or lack thereof, as Tava, as I was not told that there was a second option. I was simply told that I was to seek something from my past and to place it on top of a spire, and that that was to right the world. I can't say I know much uh, much more than has already been described. And remind me, the two of you spoke to which entities? I spoke with the first tree. And I believe that I was brought before Desna. Riley, uh, following that one conversation he and Brock had where they sparred kind of, um, gets a, uh, I guess a little bit of a surprise look to Brock, um, kind of probably trying to convey that he gets the, or he understands how important that must have been for him. Uh, he would kind of nod in response to that. He said, I... I had always felt that she was calling me to something, and I feel that she called me here for this purpose. So, it is... As as much as it may seem that you have a, another option, I must, at least for now, hold true to what she says, because my entire life up to this point has led to this, and what she is guiding me towards. So I, I do not know that I would I would be able to do a second, the other option. I understand loyalty and faith are difficult things to pull people from, and I'm not here to try to do that. That is good because I do not think I could betray the the psychopomp either. I only escaped Abaddon for this reason then my only response is it's good that all of us aren't in similar positions towards the people we were chosen to speak to lest we find ourselves forced to drift apart that said Leaf I'm what is the first tree I have no idea what you are talking about (laughs) Uh, a figure in green tender lore uh, but it's pretty much explained by the name it's, uh, before there were trees there was him and then he spread to cover the world and here we are uh, 
put this this version of the myth had sentience and was animate just like I'd imagine any of your uh, chosen deities would be your your Caden Kalian uh, and he tasked me uh, with a similar mission I see well it seems that we are all together still and driven towards many avenues we all have idols to reclaim and at the end there will come a time where we'll have to decide in some way which idol takes top place and I'm also aware that it's not just the four of us moving in the worlds on behalf of gods at this point based on what we talked about I'm also left wondering since I was since another option was revealed to me that wasn't spoken of between the three of you, I wonder how many other options there might exist out there revealed only to certain individuals. And it's for these reasons that I'm of the mind that it's important for us in pursuing our idols, because I do believe that's an important first step for each of us, that we also pursue meeting up with the other chosen ones that are venturing around the world to do the same. The decisions we're left with aren't something that one person can make. And if we believe so, when it comes time to make that choice, we will be driven against each other. And that is not something I wish to see. And I also realize that the gravity of the situation means that we will not be able to make a choice at this time. And I'm not here to press one. I only wish to reveal that these thoughts are laying heavy on my mind as much as the grief of this the loss of this city and these are things that we need to think about and consider as we move forward well a thought that comes to my mind is as you mentioned there were several other you know entities there and as far as I am aware none of ours bear any evil or ill will towards the world but what of the champions of gods who are not so just as ours what is it that a god like that would desire or what happens if theirs gets to the top another reason that we should seek audience with the other chosen to assess their characters and their gods and to see what choices they've been given and what they've been told will happen should they succeed. I, as uh, myself, I can't begin to claim to understand the mindset of a god. And it's difficult to think of what many of the deities that's lord above us would do given the most power to decide or have influence over this world. But that this task was given to mortals given to us I feel like that's key I feel like the mortal aspect of all of this is key it seems to me the the only way to make sure that uh, anyone following a deity of uh, ill repute doesn't get to place their idol is to make sure that uh, a trusted 
just deity's idol is in place first. I agree, which, regardless of our end choice, is why the four of us should, I think, pursue our idols as a primary objective. Well, it, it was mentioned that we were given very indirect instructions because a direct route would likely lead to our death. So, while haste is probably a virtue in this sense, maybe not too hasty as even the gods feel that we are not yet worthy of the task we have even been given. Which perhaps leaves us some room to follow rumors and talk among about these other champions, the other chosen, and their activities, activities in this world so that we, we may confront them and speak to them. Where do the rest of you have to go? Well, I was simply told to seek in my past. Which is where? Well, recently it would be on the road uh, somewhere, but before that, most of my life was spent in my village, so I would assume there. And I don't remember if Brock revealed the, the name of his home village to Riley, but if he didn't, Riley asks now. If he did, please remind me out of game where he came from. Uh, he, he will inform him that it is it is the village of Aidenfell. It is uh, it is deep into the Underdark where uh, where the Drow and Duragar live. But it is very hidden and secluded. Well then, if your life has mostly been spent between that and on the road, it seems that if it's not retracing your steps and your adventures, we will eventually end up in the Underdark. I, I feel that is most likely as if they speak of the past I've only been on the surface for a couple of years so to truly seek my past would be in my village and I would imagine that most of the important things to happen to you that influence who you are has stemmed from your home village uh, I would say so yes Hmm. Brock, if you don't mind, we had a conversation the other day um, after our sparring. You met a man, a follower of Desna, correct? Uh, yes, that I did. What happened to that man? Well, as uh, all followers of Desna do, he wandered on. Do you think it might at all be possible that finding him might be key for your quest? Um, well, that could certainly be a, uh, a possibility. He may have been something sent by Desna as a, uh, as a trigger to spur me to follow her, as he is what truly led me to her. But to follow a man who spends his life wandering the earth would be I, I would not know how to even begin such a thing. Well, again, I don't like thinking in impossibilities. And based on how you talk about this man, I too would like to meet him. Even if it's not in service of you finding Desna's idol. 
So we should keep ears out and follow leads if they do come up, I believe. Uh, certainly. What about you, Leaf? Where do you have to go? I, I can't say I was pointed in any specific direction. But if we were to be retreading my past, uh, I've, I've been all over uh, through villages and up dusty roads and a few places that I'd care not to retread. Is there anywhere, Leaf, that you would be able to call home in spite of your extensive travels, a succinct location? Maybe not a stationary one, but I could think of someone uh, that I haven't seen in ages and uh, traditionally wherever they roam tends to be home I mean that's a start do you wish to share who this individual is it's an old uh, old mentor of mine his name's uh, Dembel Fimblethop a righteous gnome man uh, but probably the kindest creature I've ever met truly an inspiration for how I've wanted to live my life but he he's last last I heard he was just sailing up and down the seas I, I couldn't imagine where I would begin looking for him well again we can ask as we move and when how long ago was it you last heard of his uh, expeditions so it, it's it's been years uh but I, I suppose I could at least point us in the direction of some waters he's frequented. I imagine uh, he leaves quite the mark on those he crosses paths with. Yes, and should we pass through some port cities along the way? It doesn't hurt to drop a name and see if anyone has seen the fellow. It's beginning to sound like these look to the past encounters may have more to do with people than places. Well... Tava, who would you have to seek then? Mm, my husband? You are married. Well, not me. The queen. Yeah. And forgive me, I failed history class. Where would your husband or her husband be or doing or... Well, see, that's the thing. He was exiled and he was leaving Helios to set out to find his own path to immortality so that they could be reunited at some point. Oh, yes, okay. Do you believe this man to be immortal then? I believe it's very likely. Then even if the legends were true and he sought Queen Adira, where would he start looking? Or where would he have been looking all these years? I would assume he would have started with Helios, but that would have been couple of thousand years ago. Yes, that's a very long time to follow tracks. He doesn't know most likely that she did not survive. Not not in the way they, they intended. It's beginning to seem that we have some very, very difficult people to find. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try something real quick. I'm gonna pull out my Starforge and I know it leads to locations but I'm going to try and think of Elsar, which is, is the guy. Might I ask why you have such a sultry southern drawl right now? <laughs> I don't know, because that's the voice I was speaking in in the moment. Okay. 
So you you're wanting the to uh, use the Star Forge's Pathfinder ability to uh... yeah I'm trying to pathfind but I'm I'm seeking out a specific person instead of a place. Okay, so you release the stars, uh, and they do seem to scatter in a general direction, although they do dis- choose slightly different paths of walk. So they do seem to be focused in a direction, just not a specific, like, this is the way. Like, kind of south, slightly east, general direction. Uh, well, holding it, you know, kind of looking at it, I'll look to the group and I'll say, well, maybe it's not as hard as we think. Brock, I'm going to be honest, I have no idea what you're doing. Well, this is meant to guide me to a place. I am thinking of a person instead, and it is, while not as accurate as I believe it's supposed to be, seems to be guiding me in a direction. Well, it's a start. It certainly is. And just for clarity, since I was given the same task to seek my past in order to find Caden's idol, the only sources I can think of would be potentially tracking down the highwayman, which luckily is relatively close, then traveling through twilight to find my mother's village, and finally returning to Solaria, the place where I grew up. Well, it seems starting with the closest would make the most sense. No reason to go off somewhere and then have to backtrack. I agree, and if we had a map of the world, I'm sure we could plot a course that passes through all our concrete destinations in uh, the most efficient manners. But I don't have a map like that, so, you know. Well, we could look around. Yeah, the city's pretty much destroyed, but there's got to be places that were businesses that still have goods stocked in them. We might be able to find a map. It might be important to note that we are in a museum. Clint may have had maps. Oh, shit! I'll go yep. look through Clint's desk. <laughs> uh, go ahead and make me a perception, and I'll just make it you looking throughout the museum in general. Okay, I will try. I suck at perceptions. Twelve. Twelve, so... You Wait, I can roll twice. Yeah, okay, yes, you can. <laughs> It's also a <laughs> uh, Take so, the better result. <laughs> you do uh you do find that you you come across a map. It's a little old. It's not quite finished. There are some regions that are left very vague. Uh but you feel like it's probably a century, maybe two out of date. But overall, a lot of the big centers, as well as the general globe span, is relatively accurate. It's also quite large. It's probably about 8 by 16 feet or so. Hey, Riley! Yes, what are you looting? I found a map! Perfect. Perfect. Let's lay it out, then. And um, I'm assuming we lay out the uh, world map and (laughs) begin plotting a course. Before we begin plotting a course, however, um, Riley will pause and say, 
I feel like we've been a little rude. Jax, we've mostly left you out of this conversation. I feel like because so much has happened in so little time, but clearly you are a person displaced from where they belong. Do you have anywhere you need to go or anything you need to pursue? Uh, to be honest with you, uh, I do know that my kind, our, my birthplace will be uh, the area called Helm. But um, after hearing your stories of meeting the gods and so many of you meeting such different gods and banding together, I feel like I will get there when I get there, but I, I kind of would like to see this through. Like, if if I could be of any assistance in this champ, champion, champions, you were called? That's one word for us, yes. Um, as, as long as uh, our purposes align, if, you know, I will carry on and be, uh, I'd be honored to fight alongside the five of you. Riley nods and says, so Jax, you wish to be a companion to our group? If you'll have me, yes. Oh, uh, I can always get back to Helm, and if things are as dire as you say, I may not have a home to ever go back to, so it seems maybe in some way, I don't know, I I am needed in this, if I'm ever to return home anyway. Well, Jax, if that changes along the way, rest assured that you've made some valuable friends here, and... I'm sure things will maintain that way and we'd be happy to offer assistance should you come to that. Riley will walk over to Jax and uh, hold out his arm and say, Seder Jax, I do not understand what you are. I don't understand where you came from. But I do get a sense that your desire to help us is authentic. I can see that behind all the metal... You must be a good person, and I've seen you in combat, and honestly, I'm thoroughly impressed, and I would be happy to fight alongside of you. Seder Jax, I would like to welcome you into the Riley Morheim Guild. Uh, without hesitation, immediately grab the arm, gripping it, uh, eagerly shaking. Okay, too tight, too tight, that hurts. Oh, oh, oh. Yes, yes, you are very strong. <laughs> That's fantastic. Here's your complimentary cloak. Yes, unfortunately, I do not have any remaining cloaks, and um, but when the time does come, we will uh, try to get you a nice outfit. I would, I would be honored to wear your colors, your sigil. Do you have a sigil? Yes, yes. Riley will like. Spin, <laughs> Riley will spin around so he can get a good look. <laughs> at the uh, the uh, emblem on his cape, the uh, thin swords with Morheim running along the blade. Very noble looking. I, I'm an honor to bring uh, glory to the Riley Morheim guild. Yes, and we're honored for your companionship. And... I guess at this point, our group can kind of like settle up around the world map and <laughs> begin plotting out our adventure. Montage. Uh, yes, so uh, looking at the world map, it is pretty 
bare in terms of high detail. Uh, it has coastlines, it has major islands, uh, it has overall country, like the borders between Obscura and Noctis and Voidosa and the Twilight and Celestia, Solaria, and Helios. Uh, it has some very important cities that have been around for a while, uh, such as Stormbluff, Starlight, uh, Sanguine, the Kingdom of the Stone Queen, Caravel. Helm is on the map. Uh, it is in the central, northern central area of Celestia. Uh, the Great Dwarven City of Stenheim is listed. Both of the spires are on the map. Okay, well then to, uh, I guess, talk out of game and just do some quick planning. Um, it seems that we have a handful of concrete locations that we want to visit and that we're going to try to find leads on various people as we travel. Um, from what I remember of the map and just kind of how everything seems laid out, um, I feel like like the, the first thing we can do is maybe retrace our steps back down to Storm Bluff and try to follow up on the highwayman since he was active in the region. I don't know if he travels a lot, but that seems like a good initial lead. Okay. Um, after that, I know that, like, I feel like towards the end, we'll end up on the light side of the world just uh, to, you know, shoot over to uh, Helios and Solaria and all that stuff. But where is the uh, Underdark, or where would Brock's village kind of... I... When I came from the surface, it would have been Voidosa, unless I'm wrong, Sean. Yeah, it's in the sort of northern north central area of Voidosa, but deep underground. So it, it would be kind of directly east from you and slightly south. And uh, the area of Twilight, that mountainous region, that's across the seas, right? Am I understanding this correct? Um, okay, so the way the Twilight works, the Twilight is a span of mountains that rings the entire globe. So oh, okay. you could actually go up north, and that's part of the same mountain range that I see. comes down and splits the ocean. Okay. Do you have any idea of where Riley's mother's home village would be located? Uh, she would be... Um, okay, so on the very northeasterly or extreme northwesterly area of the map. either of those areas like right along the edge of the map really okay so i mean in that case it kind of seems like retracing our steps back to or towards storm bluff just to find up some sort of lead on the highway man maybe see how far the devastation of starlight or the like purple blood infection really goes and then i almost feel like going to uh follow up on brock's stuff was probably technically closest um, unless there's something Leaf wants to investigate that's near here but it looks like he's done just a lot of traveling uh, honestly I'd just like to see and make sure my brother Thon is okay but it seems we're already headed back towards Storm Bluff that's fair then 
first step of the mission, go back to Storm Bluff, check in with Leaf's uh, brother, and try to find leads on the Highwayman along the way or once we get there. After that, we'll probably, I'm thinking, it seems like, head towards uh, Voidosa to follow up on uh, Brock's home village. And uh, did, did Brock still want to go and try and see if uh, Maximilian and Shellen got back to their town? Yes, he would want to do that, but I assume that would be in between. It's a bit of a detour north, but yeah. Like, it wouldn't be super out of the way. No, when I asked about it last time, he said that it would add like two or three days travel because it was a bit north of Thorn that we passed through last time. Yeah. Um, so he said it would add like a f- just a few days travel to on the trip to Starlight. Okay. So we can detour off in that direction then and uh, sort things out, it sounds like. As, at least as a starting points, we still have a ton of stuff to figure out and do, but I feel like that's a decent enough lead. Yeah, I've got this rough plan hashed out on this enormous map. Which uh, Brock would at least request that um, the next day that they're you know still here, that they at least look for Maximilian and Shaylin using his. Uh, Pathfinder thing just to see if maybe they're still here before they leave and go check somewhere else. Like, not necessarily scour the whole place, but, you know, just a quick use of his thing and maybe look around as we leave. That's, uh, I feel like that's agreeable. Um... Hey, leave. Because he would, he would seem very troubled at the thought of, you know, yes. like he he's, he get he gets the whole point of like we have a job to do, but he he would also seem very heavy hearted on leaving without finding them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Brock honestly doesn't really even need to say anything more. It's a Riley totally gets it, so he's on board from the get go. Did you need something? Can you you maybe make a rough? copy of this map on a smaller scale? Uh, certainly without as much detail, but I should be able to get a rough outline and uh, So we have something sizable that we can, Yeah, something that we can eat more easily take with us. Sure. Does it, uh, yeah. Would that be like craft map making or profession map maker? Yeah, those would work. That would work. Yeah. Give me a profession since it's a bigger number. All right, 23. You can see your house on this map. (laughs) (laughs) It would take you a little while, but you'd be able to get it copied down with a fair accuracy to uh, proportion and placement of everything in detail. Well, uh, I, I think I can get a rough facsimile of this down. Uh, it'll probably take me the rest of today to get done. It just seems that it would be good for us to have something easier to carry and look at. I agree. Makes perfect sense. Um, I guess as we're kind of wrapping up talking, 
Uh, the last thing Riley wants to bring up is he's going to ask Leaf, are you, you, you've done it a couple of times. Are you able to conjure plants from the grounds now, Leaf? Uh, well, I, yes, I technically have always had that ability, but, uh, why do you ask? Well, I'm still wondering if there isn't something we could do, some sort of uh, memorial or simple structure we could make before leaving here to honor the fallen, since we do not have the capabilities of burying those lost in this catastrophe. What did you have in mind? Perhaps a simple marker or site with decent flowers, maybe a stone carving if possible. You do realize they don't care. The dead? Yeah. But we do, Tova. These... Like, they've gone to the boneyard. Hell, they may have been judged by it now and gone on to their eternity. But what of those that still live? What if we put up signs to warn people around on the road? Well, the devastation of Starlight is rather obvious. Yes. But the infection is not. The infection is not. So warning signs along the roads perhaps isn't a terrible idea. Though, I suppose, Tava, the memorial is for those who are still living, for Leaf, myself, and Brock, considering the weights the death toll has taken here. It's difficult to see such a populace cut down without real reason for a whole civilization to wake up one morning and expect a normal day and to die as far as they're concerned without reason. They don't deserve, their bodies do not deserve to fester in ruins and get fed off by But they're not dead. Well, I will certainly never speak to them again. Well, you might. I suppose anything is possible given recent recent events. But perhaps it's just a reaction to mortality and death. It's difficult to process the ending. But they're of- not dead. How I I passed a great many number of dead people. They are not dead. They left the material world body behind, but that's only a portion of your body. They are not dead. They went to the boneyard. They get judged. They go to another plane to live out the rest of their existence. They are not dead. Tova, it's called the afterlife for a reason. Whether or not they've shed their mortal coil, whether or not they're satisfied were they currently reside I do agree with uh, Riley's desire for a gesture of remembrance because what's been done can't be undone at this point that's not true if they if they return to this plane their body will grow back around them just like mine did I don't know much about Abaddon uh, but I'd be inclined to say that you're more than likely the exception and not the rule. Well, 
that's true. Most people don't return. I don't think most people would want, well, those in Abaddon would, but from a lot of the places, they wouldn't want to. But leaving this body and going there, it is no different than changing your coat. They're not dead. Yes, except the ones who are here will not see them again. They very likely will when they get judged. I mean... And what if they get sent somewhere else? That is a possibility, but usually people who spend large amounts of time together tend to have very similar lifestyles. Uh, That is both true and untrue. We have spent quite a amount of time together, and I hope to spend my days on Elysium. Where do you intend to end up? That has not been decided yet. I've not been here long enough. Regardless of the semantics, there is sorrow found in parting, Tava. Would you feel nothing if any of us were to die? Were to perish? Or be removed from your presence? Well, I'm sure I would miss your company, but I think I would be rather happy for you. Then I'm glad you maintain a viewpoint that brings you comfort in these dark times, and I wish I could share these sentiments. And Riley will uh, turn and excuse himself from the room. So Riley leaves the room. Adira, who is all too familiar with what she considers death, Tava, what what she considers death, which uh, others might call oblivion, finds no real ill in what she's seen in the city. The others, however, to varying degrees, have not seen quite this scale of carnage. Leaf has seen the terrible toll that death and horror can bring to the world, but never on this scale. Brock, he's had his own brushes with death, but it's never been anywhere near this. And Riley himself has only been around the death of the individual or the few. He He's not seen such carnage at all before. Jax, I think, has seen some pretty bad shit. Uh, Not quite this bad, but definitely in a similar light. And I think it's as this conversation sort of breaks and everybody kind of tries to get some rest and uh, for tomorrow, uh, that everything you've seen really starts to set in. Corpses crushed under masonry, uncaringly, indiscriminately. Men, women, children, broken, battered, and rotting. So, Riley has left the room. What does he do? Um, 
I so I feel like uh, Riley leaves the room uh, mostly for you know to get some time on himself, not out of spite towards anyone in his party or anything like that. It's just he felt like the conversation was pretty much at a draw. So I, I feel like he wants to head outside for some fresh air and um, maybe stare up at the sky for a while. All right. When you go outside, you probably take notice of the garden in which a somewhat boxly looking tree uh, stands, but it couldn't be boxed because it's box is only like six feet tall and this tree is like eight feet tall so it couldn't be box was there Bradley muses to himself if there was always such a big tree here uh make an intelligence check Ooh, hey we hit level four my int just went up technically and i got a 19 on the die god that's great it's a 21 no there was not always a tree there there were some hydrangeas fucking evil treants. Guess I gotta cut it down. Only choice. <laughs> you would not survive the attempt. Uh, I don't know. I think at that point, you realize that uh, with what Leaf had said before uh, mixed with uh, what you've seen, that this may indeed be Box. However, he seems to be then technically growing very quickly. He's still technically wearing a backpack and he probably has a cat somewhere up in the branches. Oh, that that too is fair. Oh, I guess there's a cat up there. I see. It all makes sense now. I am getting smarter. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Detective Um, Morheim on the case. Yeah, yeah, I'll take one level of uh, investigator. But upon realizing this, Riley will uh, head his way over to the tree and kind of like lightly tap on the uh, side of the tree and say, um, <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking to a tree. How are you doing with all of this box? Not really expecting an answer, but... <laughs> uh, there is not one given. <laughs> Riley just kind of nods and says, yeah, me too. And takes a seat on the ground next to the uh, tree person thing. As you look up through the leaves, uh, they seem to filter the moonlight in odd patterns. And it seems like you can always see the moon clearly, even though they're somewhat in the way. How's the moon look tonight? Are you asking me or are you asking Fox? You know what? Since you asked the question, I'm going to say both. Uh, Box does not respond. Uh, The moon looks basically as it always did. Uh, It's in a slightly different position than uh, like if you were at Storm Bluff because you're in a different place. But overall, it's a full moon. It hasn't seemed to sustain any particular damages from what's gone on. That's good. Riley says out loud um, and uh, we'll uh, stare at the sky for a while um, if the stars are visible tonight he'll uh, count some for a bit before um, taking the uh, the heart seek locket from around his neck kind of holding in his hands and just like sitting back against the tree closing his eyes and uh, musing I guess musing to himself about loss 
and not just you know um not just the losses he's experienced but what it means for people to so haphazardly meet the end of their life people who had no idea that it was coming or no idea why or not even losing life but people who just lose things that they care about without reason as far as they're concerned and maybe these thoughts end up carrying him into a soft sleep at some point before you fall asleep you're unsure if it's a early dream starting to set in or if it's just your eyes playing a trick on you as, as you stare up at the moon you swear that for a few moments now and again it almost seems like an eye staring back at you and what is Tava doing? Um, she's going to kind of go back off in the, like, Clint's office or something, and she's going to be like, Hey, Taraxis! Um, Taraxis will appear. And before uh, I go into anything that he says, uh, I would like to inform Jax that the tad starts to go off. Uh, so yeah, a, uh, a light beeping sound uh, and, a, and a small light appears in a device I carry and uh, oh, my, my tad, my temporal brain. Temporal anomaly, anomaly detector. Yes, think, I didn't need to come into <laughs> play so quick. My uh, temporal anomaly detector has gone off. Is, are any of you traveling through time right now? Uh, it would give you a rough direction. Uh, the main group is in the room probably behind you, but this is pointing kind of downward and in another wing of the museum. Okay, uh, I will run to it. And if, if below me means I have to leap over a balcony, I'll certainly do that jump or uh, mm-hmm. hop over. I think you would be able to jump down with... Gotcha. Uh, yep. given your bonus. Super, superhero landing and then just uh, run just following it holding it up to my face and uh, looking okay. around so Taraxis appears ah <clears throat> uh, yes hi uh, sweetie now, yes. how are you doing oh I'm <laughs> I'm rather entertained how are you um, I'm rather confused, but that really doesn't matter. Um, I was just wondering if you, you would happen to know, since you see so much shit, uh, do you know if Clint made it out of the city, or if he's one of the sick, or one of the bodies, or... Well, I could look around for him. Of course, that would be a service. That would be... I suppose you will want payment. I just might. Yeah. What, what would you like, babe? I'd like the guy about to bust through the door. And at that moment, the door swings open uh, as Jax barrels into the room. You know he doesn't belong to me. I can't actually give him to you. Oh, but you can convince. 
You're quite good with words when you want to be. Hey, Jax. Tova, are you okay? I'm fine. Would you like to meet a time-traveling entity? Uh, yeah. There you go, Taraxis. You you set off my uh my tad. Do you do you know what that is? That's Taraxis. No, I, I was asking. Yeah, I was asking Taraxis. Wait, can I see him? No, you can't. Okay. Taraxis is wagging his finger at Tom. Okay. Okay. So I'll, I guess I'll be asking Tava. Um. My tad is a temporal anomaly detector, and it, it just went off, so there's a presence here. Are you... Is the time traveler part I'm of me? I'm talking to Traxxas right now. You have to let him touch you before you can see him. Is it safe? Yeah. Uh, he touched I don't... me. Mm. A long time ago. Now, mm. where did he touch you? <laughs> Show us on the doll. <laughs> because, <laughs> uh, because I have been traveling and I haven't gotten to interact much with Tova, I am going to do a sense motive. Uh, if I could, is that cool? Yep. Yeah. I just Go gotta ahead. figure out. I am. I'm stalling, trying to find the fucking skill. Okay. Uh, there we go. Oh, and I misfired my dice. Uh, 20, not natural. Uh, um, Tava actually believes he's a really nice guy. Because uh, so far, all he's done really is save Leaf, uh, show her how to save Lark, and promise to look for Foresight. Okay. Uh, then, um, uh, um, I'll... You get a gut feeling that she is trying to convince you of something, but you also get that. Um, if you want me to meet your friend, I, I guess, you know, a friend of yours is a new friend of mine, and uh, I'll put the tad away and just just hold out my hand. Taraxis, with his creepy-ass long arms, reaches out past your hand and puts a finger on your forehead. You feel cold, and yes, you feel the cold, which is a strange sensation. Okay, I was just about to ask, yeah. Okay. Uh, tink on your forehead and not your bird okay uh, and, and then like going forward from your visor this entity slowly appears uh and i've described what draxus looks like a lot so yeah big creepy ass smile pointed at you uh taraxus i presume Ah, yes, and you're the one known as Satan Jax. Yes, yes, um, it is, uh, I guess, nice to meet you. Why weren't you at the map room? Well, I mean, I guess you weren't really here yet until my detector went off. Um, I've been around. Uh, are you a member of the Riley Morheim Guild? No. <laughs> no I, I don't know that Riley would allow that. So he's touched Riley as, as also. Oh no, no! Only Leaf and I can see him. Uh, okay. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Taraxis? Oh, I'm rather well. It's interesting to see it not from the inside. 
though I don't suppose you know what that means. Say that I do. Could you explain it? Hmm. Let's say possibility. Actual events. They're unclear in times like this. Even when the end has already been decided, the current is unclear. Shall we say anomalies like this? Serve as entertainment for me. This... You, you speak of destiny? Am I understanding you? The, the end mm. destiny is, is already known? I suppose if you want to put it that way, it's a very lower way of thinking. Uh, is this cold uh, bothersome? I know I know it's a new sensation, but is it uh, approaching it pain levels? No, it's okay. just uncomfortable. Okay. Uh, and he's he's pulled away his hand and it's fading. The the cold or him? The cold. Okay, just to be clear. Okay. Um, no, he's not fading. Okay, I didn't know if he needed constant contact for a while. Okay. Um. So yeah, I, I guess I am a, a lower being. I'm, I certainly do not have the ability to travel through time. Can you come and go as you please to any time period you want? Uh, by your measure, yes. Well, could you uh, take a passenger along with you? <laughs> I, I'm, I, I guess you've uh, deduced out of time myself. Oh, I could. But I'm afraid that would cost far more than a mark. I don't have a... Is a mark a a form of currency you require? No, no, no. You're already marked. You agree. (laughs) When he touches you, it puts a mark on you that makes it easy for him to find you. Uh, And I... I mean, I'll... Well, I know he only touched my forehead, so I mean... I guess I'll have to find a mirror soon. Um, you can't see it's it. It's not something you can see. Is there an echo in here? Uh, okay. <laughs> um, okay, what would I... I mean, I I feel like I don't really belong in this time. My, my companions are uh, softer than my previous comrades. If... Uh, if I were to agree to pay your price, what would the price be? And what, is there a guarantee that it'll work? Oh, I can guarantee it will work. As for the price, give me just a moment to look and he'll vanish. He'll return seconds later. <laughs> it took a little bit of looking around, but I found where the timeline cut for you. Yes. Yes, I think there's something we can come to an agreement with. There's a certain entity, one that I'd be very interested in marking. You're going to help me mark him. That's the deal. Uh, will this person come to any harm? Is there a reason why you can't approach them through Tova or, I guess, Leaf? Oh, well... Let's just say, if I'm to interfere with that now, it might distress the tangle. So I don't want to use them. Besides, you're more familiar with them. With the entity? Yes. 
I, I don't think I know anyone. Origin uh, 8. And oh. Origin 9. You, you want them? You think I could get to them? Are they already here? Yes. You're a smart... You're a smart little toaster. Yes, you are. You can help me get back to 08 in your time, but you can help me get 09 in this time. Yeah, toaster. <laughs> I'm dying over here. <laughs> may, may I ask what, what you will do once you mark them? Is there a reason you need them? Is there maybe something I could help you fulfill without bothering those two? Well, you're already mine. He chooses people he thinks are entertaining. Oh, that's kind of you. I guess I'm uh, six for six with uh, meeting new people and my charisma. <laughs> but if, if I gift you, if I'm able to do this, do I... Can I get some reassurance that no harm will come from them? Is there... I won't do anything to them. Well, that wasn't ominous at all. Sure, let me sign this pact. Uh, Something bad happens to everybody eventually. Yes, but there's, as you were talking about, the uh, the end already being known, I, would, I certainly wouldn't want to mess ends. with things now that would affect something later on if something bad were to happen prematurely. All of your existence begins and ends. The end is known, and so is the beginning. In fact, most of it's laid out plain as day. You can flip a page, and it's different. But this particular page has a significant number of tangles. So, shall we say, if a particular stroke of ink where to alight itself it becomes far easier to follow. I guess if, if you need this this sort of bookmark and the end is already known, so I can't really affect things in the end game. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I guess there's no real lasting harm in me aiding you in doing this if the end has already been told. Uh, I've, I've, I've processed your request. I've, I feel confident. Sure, Taraxis, I, I will get you your meeting with uh, 08 and 09. Very well. I think this is a good deal. I can help you get to Helm faster so that you and I can get our arrangements completed quickly. Um, Taraxis. Ah, yes. Your friend is alive. He's not here in the city. He's not far. Eventually he will return. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. When you eventually come back, seek for him beneath the streets. All right. Well, thank you. Have a good evening. <laughs> you know where to find me. Always. Say to Jax. Uh, Taraxis. 
I'll give you a little time. Spend the rest of the night with the group. And then you're coming with me. Um, I will do as you ask. And uh, thank you for being so forthright with your plans. <laughs> what reason would I have to lie? What reason <laughs> would you have to lie? Oh, okay. Told you he's a nice fella. See, he's even gonna help you get home. Yes, and but he doesn't offer to help the the rest of the guild with their tasks. I mean, me getting oh, home. Oh, is... I've been forbidden from that. It's part of another deal. <laughs> you just have a little answer for everything, don't you, Traxxas? Yeah. And then he kind of like smiles a little less, and he's just like, "Set that." Damn runt. Runt? Mm -hmm. Uh, you were talking about foresight before. I looked into it. There was something there, something I could have easily missed. Mm. And here I thought nothing got by you. Let's just say it's not your problem. There are other beings, not unlike myself. Similar planes of existence and power. So you're not the only Taraxis? I am the only Taraxis, yes. But there are other things, like... You have companions? You have your own sort of guild? No. His mouth kind of becomes this rough, like, scowl. And his teeth kind of, like, animately jitter inside of his mouth uh, and there's a definite anger in his growl not directed at you i mean oh good good definitely infused so with the, uh, so you mean there are other beings like you kind of like there are other shabti that exist more like as to me you are shabti and as to shabti there are humans similar but different cousins very distant well you seem to have a great dislike for them so hopefully we don't run into any more I would agree I don't like their presence they tend to be a damper rain on my parade if you will is he is he always so mercurial Tova he, he was so pleasant he's, before now he, he's... he's he's usually very happy he really seems to dislike this entity that took foresight. You lost a friend to another, like, Taraxis. No, not another Taraxis. He just explained that. Just <sighs> another entity. Took him somewhere. Anyway, I have a few others to talk to in town tonight. So, I'll be off. But, Enjoy yourselves. I'll come back for you in a few hours. Oh, I hope you're well entertained. <laughs> As do I. And he'll vanish. Oh, I wanted to warn him about the purple-blooded people. I think he probably knows about the purple-blooded people. Should have asked him about the purple-blooded people. He seems to know lots and lots of stuff. 
Well, I, I guess since I only have a, a short time left with you, and one of the uh, shortest member, uh, one of my shortest missions team ups that I've been a part of, but um, I guess I'll, if you don't have anything you'd like to discuss, I guess I could, uh, you know, say my farewells. But I did want to talk to you about uh, earlier you mentioned souls and how they aren't dead. Um, you don't know, you don't really have any way of knowing, but uh, before my kind, there was another sort of, I don't want to use the word entities too much tonight, but uh, another group, another race where souls were taken from the dead and put into bodies like mine but mine but mine I have my own I was given it this is my soul that I was given from the river of souls um, so uh, while while I see where Mr. Morheim and you were uh, have a differing opinions I, I must say that there's certainly credence and I'm a living example of your side having merit so I, I don't want you to feel as if you were uh, in, a, in a contest of wills there oh it's no contest of wills I know what I know and whether others choose to believe that or not is of no consequence they're all children very true um, is there is there anything you could tell me uh, when I go with Taraxis any protocol I should follow. I mean, I guess I won't bring up his distant cousins, but, um... Yeah, I would avoid talking about things that you know to be unpleasant to him. Um, but, you know, he just likes to be entertained. So, like, just talk to him, say funny things, I guess. I wonder if, um, he is going to insist Tink comes along with me. I guess I should have asked him that as well, but, um, if if I'm to go alone, would you see that Tink, if he so wishes, uh, be set free? Um, I'm sure Leaf would know how to transition him. I I don't know much about animals. I've never parted from uh, Tink at all, and I don't really. Usually, when uh, a companion falls, the uh, I don't want to say owner, we're a partnership. The uh, the other one uh, tends to perish in the same battle, so I don't really know about separating, so I guess... I would advise you to ask Leaf. I will. I'll, I'll speak to Leaf about this, and um, thank you, Nova. This was uh, not how I thought this night was going to go. thought I was going to be laying in a puddle of rainwater, and I guess purple-blooded you people. You never know how it's going to go when Taraxis shows up. And, uh, and I'll I'll take my leave and spend what time I have left with the, uh, the remainder of the guild. Are you safe for now? Oh, yes. I'm safe. Jax will incline his head and walk back out and join the rest of the party. All right. Uh, during this time, what were Brock and Hats doing, or Brock and Leaf doing? Hats, you're in the game now. God damn it! What were you yeah. doing? As the group kind of separated, uh, 
Brock would have just kind of gotten up from where they had the map out. Uh, he would have walked over to where some of the rubble had fallen over, uh, picked up a small handful of it, uh, found a corner off on his own, and he would have sat and kind of meditated for a moment, holding the, uh, the rubble cupped in his hands. And after a moment, uh, he would open his hands and there would be a small bowl, and he would spend his time playing with that silently. Leaf is busy, tucked away from everyone, scribbling his handmade map. Okay. I think Leaf, among everybody, stays the most distracted uh, for this. Uh, As the evening drags on, Brock, your little mole, uh, this is your elemental familiar uh yeah it's just a familiar Mm. so you play with that but it's hard to take your mind away from uh that which you had seen i think you among everybody would have noticed more often the corpses of the dwarven folk of the city crushed all of slightly less their thicker bodies and hardier bones still not enough to save their lives against fallen rock and stone I don't know maybe that fucks you up maybe it don't well there's I, I just sent you a thing I don't know if you want me to like if that necessarily needs to be said out loud but I mean it might be relevant uh, yes, you will need to roll a fortitude. Uh, okay. But, will... but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I'll say the one part out loud uh, that basically Brock's going to be up all night. He's not going to be able to sleep. He'll just be trying to keep his mind busy. Uh, you too will attempt to distract yourself uh, with work. After a ten minutes or so, Jax uh, returns to the room. Riley still hasn't shown up and Tava has gone off somewhere. Uh, Leaf, if you have a moment. Yes, Seder Jax? Um, I, I met a mutual friend of yours, Tova, and now mine. Um, and uh, I had a couple questions about him. If you, if you, if you could uh, answer them. Okay. I don't know if this is supposed to be secretive. Uh, so, um, I was a my tad, my temporal anomaly detector went off, and I hunted it down, and I tracked. I guess Taraxis uh, visited Tova tonight, and he wanted to meet me, and he gave me an offer to return me home in favor in return I uh, run an errand for him I guess and well I don't know for certain if I'm allowed to bring Tink along with me and Tova suggested I speak to you about uh, rehabilitating him for uh, I guess civilian life if I have to part ways with him 
you can kind of see his uh, casual expression hardens into something more serious whenever you mention Taraxis. And uh, Leaf just kind of leans in and says, you know, yes, I can make sure your bird is well taken care of, but I, I have to warn you against any sort of deals or interactions uh, with, with this creature acquaintance of ours. Uh, he hasn't brought harm to any of us yet, but I can't say that his intentions are pure, and uh, I, I fear that further dealings with them is only going to lead whoever's around to ruin. So I, I would be very careful, Seder. If I'm to be completely honest with you, in my time, um, such tricksters aren't uh, wholly a mystery, so I, I don't think not that I can recall uh, perfectly if I knew of this Taraxis, but his kind were known and uh, it does seem too good of a thing for him to return me to my time and my home if I just introduce him to someone I guess uh, he must have familial uh, interference um but you've become suspicious of his desires? You've met him, yes? Uh, yes, he, he uh, touched a finger to my forehead and I felt the sensation. I felt cold for the first time and it, I, I'm still not, not really sure how that sits with me that he could make me feel something I've never been able to feel before. But Tova said that he had touched her at some point too, his... He must have touched you as well? Yes. Do you know where I was when I met him? No, he uh, uh, he didn't... Taraxis himself didn't mention you much at all. It was Tova that suggested I come see you. I can imagine. Uh, I, I feel that Tova's too trusting sometimes for her own good. When I met Taraxis for the first time, when he, he appeared to me, his, his first sighting amongst the group... Uh, I was standing in the place that I thought I would die. I had a blade pointed at my chest, and he made a deal with me to nudge it off to the side and spare my life. And since then, he's used that as a jumping point to work his way, or attempt to work his way, into our group. And so far, it looks like he's already appropriated uh, deals with Tova and yourself. I can't say what his motives are and if you're familiar with such tricksters and you're confident you can navigate their treachery I, I trust your judgment but if he's making deals with you I can only imagine it's in the interest of furthering whatever goals he has he's going to use you and he's going to use whoever you introduce him to. So navigate that carefully. I'm going to pull out my tad and uh, show it to Leaf. I'm like, this, this goes off when um, anomalous time readings are nearby. I, I feel, I trust my technology. I trust my tools I was given. So I, I feel like we may be able to even speak freely now. Um, I do feel confident that with my 
with my ability to uh, process information that I might be able to maybe not stop him or prevent him, but maybe if I could just delay him, prolong his search for whatever he is truly in, uh, truly, truly wants to uh, see come to fruition. Um, perhaps it is best I go along willingly, see what I can do from the inside. Well, you've shown yourself to be trustworthy so far. Uh, so you see as your judgment guides you. Just know that it, it seems like uh, today the stakes are higher than they've ever been. So tread very carefully when making decisions regarding him. In uh, either event, if uh, I, I could clearly tell Tova was taken by his promises and I guess he gave her a bit of a status report, a mention of a, of a, of a foresight. And I think perhaps it's best if, if he is working his way through the team, if I separate myself from the team, the, the deck won't be so stacked in his favor when he tries to make moves on other ones. So I think I'm definitely going to follow up on, or I'm going to take him up on his offer. I mean, he just kind of leans forward and he says, he he mentioned news of foresight and and Clint. What did he say? To be honest, I was just in awe of uh, how she reacted with him because until now she'd been fairly reserved and she well, not that I take it too personally. I am a foreign creature. She didn't offer up a uh, a greeting of a handshake for the things of saving me from that tree-like prison, uh, so I was just kind of in awe of her personality change when around him. So all I was able to really remember was um, Taraxis, there was something that Taraxis could have easily overlooked, and I guess with regards to the other name, I didn't, you say Clint? He's our other missing companion. Uh, there was a mention of something under the streets, and I, I can I can infer that probably means the sewers, but uh, you all mentioned the Underdark earlier, so really there's no telling what what that nugget of clue would be, if it's even true. But something to do with under a street. Well, needless to say, you can uh, count on me to keep Tank safe until he's he's ready to be on his own in the wild. Uh, and I, I will also say I did ask why he didn't approach the guild uh, as a whole to further our, well, your now uh, missions and quests. And he said he wasn't allowed. So I don't know if you have someone else looking out for you or perhaps something even darker. But uh, just, I guess, be on the lookout for more tricksters. I, I know part of the deal that he made with Tova... Uh, I will say uh, one of Tova's last bits of advice for me if I do go with Taraxis was uh, just be entertaining. And I got the very strong feeling that Tova was very entertaining to Taraxis. So perhaps her uh, amenability, amenability to Taraxis's, um interactions may be giving the rest of the group a bit of a blind spot. You know, like you... You, you tuck your vegetables 
inside the potatoes. Oh wait, he doesn't eat. That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he knows people that might do that. No, keep it in. It was. I don't care. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I lost it. Um, yeah, uh, just I guess as long as Tova is um, pleasing to the whims of Taraxis, the rest of you may be safe. But that's I don't. I couldn't tell if Tova was acting. I I really don't know Tova well. It's just uh, I saw two very different sides of her in the last. 12 hours um so there's that to consider as well perhaps but i i don't find myself too eager uh to dance at at the bidding of someone uh with their other hand uh on a weapon potentially Uh, the situation seems so dangerous and i feel the safer bet is to just steer clear of Taraxis and his leg. Uh, I'm going to have to pick him up on this if I have a chance to stall this. Perhaps this is this is the chance to. Um, I was talking earlier of maybe I was meant to help you fulfill these great large quests, and with my physical and yeah, with my physical abilities, they were certainly a uh, a boon in the. Uh, the combat we faced, but uh, maybe my true destiny is to help steer away this uh, dark presence over you while you complete your own missions. So I, I am going to go with him um, as long as he'll have me, as long as it's good, but I'm, I hope this isn't actually goodbye. This has been a, a very nice, well, certainly better than the ditch I was current, I was previously laying in. I just kind of reach out for the handshake. I say, you know, I, I wish you well in your travels, even if you're not in good company. Just be mindful of the ripples your splashes make. That was beautiful, Leaf. I will be mindful of the splashes I make. And I don't have anything witty to say in return, so you win. Something about hiding things in potatoes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you hide your broccoli very deep in the potatoes, it's like it's not even really there. And calories only count if you look at them. <laughs> I, w- I was half hoping for a grenade joke. Um, Potato mashers? I don't know the reference, sorry. Uh, pipe grenades. They're called potato mashers. Oh. Uh, my experience with uh, pipe grenades begins and ends with Terminator 1. Ah. Shrug. Well, I guess if you stick your broccoli in a grenade, it's like it doesn't exist. It certainly won't later. Neither will the... <laughs> Someone else get that one. I don't... So, so does that make it a salad? Oh. oh, it's tossed, so yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, does Jax have anything to say to Brock? I guess where our paths diverge, um, 
was nice fighting alongside you. Perhaps uh, we'll meet again. Uh, Brock would stand up from his seated position in the corner and place his little mole on his shoulder. And he would look up to Jax and say, um, You are leaving so soon? We, you, you just joined with us today. Did, did you not say earlier that you would be joining us for our, our quest? Uh, out of character, how are you guys treating Taraxis? I, I mean, I, I've listened to all the episodes, but honestly, I listen to a lot of shows, and I, I are we just not name dropping him? Oh, we call him by his name. He who shall not be named. I mean, but like, like, oh yeah, he gave me an offer I couldn't refuse. Like, okay, Brock's knowledge of Taraxis is that Adira and or Tova now, uh, and Leaf have spoken to him. And that they've made some trades with him. Other than that, he doesn't know anything. Okay, cool. I didn't want to. Okay, cool. All right, then I'll do that. And like, um, yes, um, the one that you know is Taraxis approached me just a, a little bit ago when I ran off when my device and I hold it up started beeping. I I uh, attracted to his presence and Tova introduced me and he he offered to send me home if I just do a chore for him. Uh, he would look at you slightly perplexed, less serious than the, the look Leaf probably gave you, but still kind of, you know, perking up at that. And he would say, you, you have seen Taraxis? Yes, he uh, appeared before me when he pressed his finger upon my forehead and it, uh, it caused a sensation throughout my body I had never felt before. So he's clearly using some very powerful, um, abilities on his side and he said he can take you home uh and he said it was he kind of laughed it off and that it would be all too easy to send me home but he wouldn't do it unless i entertained his uh desire to meet someone from well i guess my past it's kind of convoluted but basically the uh my progenitor is that the correct word yeah my my progenitors, um, he'd like to meet them, I guess. So he made it very clear that he would uh, appreciate my assistance in this. And in the end, anything I did in this time wouldn't really affect uh, what happens later. So I, I feel this is a, a pretty safe gamble. Um, Tova was uh, very insisted that it was a, it was a good idea to help him and to entertain him. Beef gave me some caution, but uh, have you had any real encounters with Traxxas? Any Could you offer any insight into uh, what's behind that person's thinking? I have only heard Leaf's and Adira's conversations with him. Or, well, Tova's conversations with him. And only from their side, I can't even hear Taraxxus speak or see him. I have seen things that he's interacted with, but only small things, like I've seen him move items, break glasses, things like this, but I, I don't know him in any regard to speak to his character anything 
of that nature. But I do know that he has been making deals with Adira quite frequently. And I haven't seen any real negatives come of this, though his secretive nature does give me kind of a nervous feeling about him. And I suppose it would be hard if Tova is telling you to trust him and Leaf is telling you to be cautious, as I would trust both of them to know the right answer. <laughs> uh, I, I appreciate your insight, and um, and uh, Leaf is going to see to uh, see that Tink is taken care of in my absence, and if I don't return, uh, I, I've asked him to uh, release him when he's ready to part from other sentient living, but um, just in case I, I'm not able to return, I'd like to uh, give you a couple things, if that's okay. Uh, he would not. He would say, uh, what, what is it that you have for me? Uh, I wish I had more time to think of cool ways of saying these things, but uh, here is my flare gun uh, in a few flares. May it like the darkness of this world when you need a light and um, a potion of expeditious retreat for when the tough gets going when they're going uh, a, 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 <laughs> uh, a potion of uh, expeditious retreat for when the time give me a second give me a second. sorry when the time uh, gets going <laughs> When the time like, gets going, the rock sits still. See, none of this helps me. None of this helps me at all. Uh, okay. <laughs> when <laughs> There's two potions, by the way, of expedition. Yeah, I'm only giving him one. I want one for so I'm not <laughs> fucking emptying my... Well, you can't even use them. Oh. Okay, well, here are two potions of expeditious repeat for when... Expeditious retreat. Okay. No, but it was. It was, though. It was an expeditious repeat. No, he'd have to say it faster if it wasn't expedition for me. I take back the part where I said I sat 2.5 sessions without a roll. Um, I'm going to give you my, my potion, two potions of expeditious retreat for when the times get rough. No, god damn it. For when the going gets rough. Rough get going? No, tough. The tough get... When the going gets okay, okay, I got it now. I got it now. Uh, I can hear Tracy laughing through Sean's mic. That's how fucking God, miserable. Yeah. Okay, no, no, that was me laughing. Here are two potions of expeditious retreat for when the times get. When the going gets rough. No, when the go. When the going when gets. Bad. Yes. <laughs> Please take these potions of expeditious retreat, as they will help you. Sometime, I'm sure. Brock takes it and he says, "I'm sure when the going gets tough, I would, I would like to get going as well." And then I pull my gun out and I end Brock. That's not. That's not what I do. That's not what I do. I think Don's doing this on purpose because he knows I'm doing the editing now. <laughs> no, not at all. No, I, I'm just. I'm only pretty good with my words. This is. Hey, Tracy, leave all that in. All of it. <laughs> leave all that in. <laughs> uh, I, I love to picture this robot sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> this 
phrase. This turn of phrase, and he just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, until Leaf appears over his shoulders and says, until things get difficult. Yes. <laughs> We've been shambangled. Uh, which, uh, uh, just as a note, Don, everything in your organic med kit is useless for you. Like you can. Oh, well, then I'm just gonna throw a bag of organic med kit shit at Brock's face and say, "I'll see you all in hell." <laughs> it's just a Yeti cooler with some kidneys in it. <laughs> I'll see you in another life, Brock. Good luck with what I've given you. Uh, Thank you Brock for what you've given me. Brock would extend his hand for a handshake. He would say, I'm sorry, I I don't have anything to give to you in return. But... Oh, you, you've given me plenty. You you helped save me from that tree that had me pinned. I, I'd still be there if it wasn't for you. Um, and good luck with your quest. I hope you all find what you're looking for. And You know, if, if, a, if a trickster appears before you and puts his finger on your forehead. Think real carefully. Well, thank you, and may Desna bless you on your travels. I wish I was good with words still. I miss those days. <laughs> uh, you now know that he's part of one of those religious sects. Ugh, dirty. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't put your finger on my forehead. <laughs> Did someone say religious sex? <laughs> okay, so I see Sean throwing a bunch of stuff into my inventory over here. Uh, yes, mm. you have two potions, uh, two injector potions of expeditious retreat, uh, five injector potions of cure moderate wounds, a potion injector, and a uh, fine healer's kit. Is a potion injector basically a syringe? Um, it's like a, a pneumatic syringe. Like a med hypo? Yeah. It, it lets you apply potions to yourself or other creatures as a move action. Oh. So long as you have an appropriate file. Like, like once you use those potions, you can refill those files. With, um, okay, so these ones that have injector at the end of it are the ones that are appropriately fitted for that then. But can you put whiskey in it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can do that. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> instant, instant drunk. Uh, so can you inject it straight to your liver? Mainline it in the jugular? Uh, I think you'd have to get to the limmer. <laughs> That's what I do on Wednesdays, so it's not really that difficult, but that's neither here nor there. So. Well, of course, you, you really got to tone it down after Butt Chug Tuesday. <laughs> uh, Let's not talk about the Lord's most holiest day of the week. <laughs> that's the Lord's day. So, I think at that point, the, uh, the night will go on. Everybody either distracts themselves from sleep or falls asleep. Riley, your sleep is not uh, restful at all. Um, intermittent bouts of imagery and uh, troubling thoughts. 
keep you from being well rested. Uh, Adira. Who? Your dreams. Sorry. Tava. Uh, Tava, your, uh, your dreams consist of something that at first seems rather familiar. Uh, the semblance of Abaddon as a dream. However, every time you run and you look away, you see somebody falling behind you and they look like somebody you saw in the streets. And I think that probably kind of uh, doesn't feel good. Brock and Leaf stay up through the night crafting. Uh, Leaf could get some sleep if he wants, or he can try and stay up. That's up to you. Uh, I think that uh, if they were, he was done with the map, he'd try and occupy himself uh, by like getting started on that monument thing. All right. Uh, so go ahead and give me a fortitude save. Oh, I can do that. Specialty. That is an 18. Okay, you are not fatigued. You stay awake. Of course. Uh, You go about doing that. Hours later, Riley, you finally rouse yourself from sleep, unable to... uh, unable to stay asleep, and it seems like your head keeps moving around. As you look up, uh, the tree whom you were leaning against uh, is starting to uproot itself from the ground. It looks down at you, now no less than 15 feet tall, and reaches down to pick you up. Box, hell! And picks you up. Riley just like softly chuckles to himself as he's manhandled by the giant tree person. (laughs) Just like in in a little bit, in a state of a little bit of a disbelief. (laughs) And he says, yes, box help. (laughs) It appears that his roots grew fairly deep before ripping them out of the ground. There's tilled earth and broken cobblestone uh, and the grass around where he was rooted is far taller than any of the other surroundings swiftly Box will begin looking around for Leaf and approach him uh, gently dropping Riley in the process <clears throat> What what is Brock doing at this point as there are giant footsteps outside this would have been hours later? Yes. This is effectively uh, the morning. Oh. Um. I mean, if he'd wrapped up, then he would definitely go investigate. He probably would have found it like a secluded room or something to work in. So, okay. assuming he could hear it, then he would go investigate, I assume. Probably the easy way, just looking out a window, and you see Jumbo Box go to pick Leaf up and give him a box hug, which is 
really awkward because it's like his arms extended fully outward with just his hands on around whatever he's hugging. Uh, uh then uh, seeing huge box, uh, Brock would go outside just kind of in amazement of yesterday box was regular box and now he is double box. Box plus. <laughs> It's Fox Prime. Crate. Is now shipping container. Crate. Adira, you would be woken uh, by a combination of your dreams and the thudding footsteps that rumble the ground. Uh, yeah, she would uh, gear up and go out. Outside, you would see this much more tree-like box. And trailing behind everyone else is, uh, is Jax. Which, unbeknownst to Jax, a small screw on the back of his temporal anomaly detector, uh, is suddenly in a separate position and turns on. What? Uh, to the best of Jax's knowledge, the temporal anomaly detector is gone. It's going off as in it's falling off, or it's going off no, as in it's, it's activated? It's activated. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. Uh, everyone, uh, my my anomaly detector is going off. The Taraxis must be nearby, or another one of his kissing cousins. You would, you would look over, and Adira and Leaf, both next to Box. Taraxis, for one of the few times you've ever seen him do so, standing at his full height, still a foot taller than Box. Oh, I shouldn't have said that about kissing cousins. <clears throat> he speaks loudly from where he stands. Caesar Jax, I believe we have a deal to finish. Yes, Taraxis, I will honor my agreement. Um, by chance, could I bring my animal fal- my, my falcon companion tr- uh, my falcon companion Tink with me? Hmm. Very well, I see why not. After all, it doesn't have much of a choice. And he pokes Tink. to interject Riley who still can't hear or see Taraxis immediately like approaches Jax and says excuse me what did you say oh I guess I didn't get to say my farewells to you uh Tova introduced me to uh one Taraxis and he's offered to send me home if I uh go on a mission for him so I think I'm gonna need to uh put in for a, a leaf of absence from the Riley Moorheim guild. But you've just joined, and Taraxis is both confusing and difficult to for me to find trust within, considering Leaf's reaction to him. Do you know what you're doing? <laughs> it was just a creepy laugh. There wasn't more words. <laughs> okay, I was waiting for someone to say that. Okay. 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 Um, I do not 
Now is not the time to tell you all of the plans I have. Maybe speak with Brock and Leaf about it later, and Tova, if she's uh, if she's inclined to. Uh, I think this may be the best thing for everyone. And Jax is going to give a wink. So I'm assuming that Riley can kind of catch on that it kind of seems like Jax understands the situation, is adamant about what he's doing, and thinks that this is the best choice for him. I'm assuming. Okay, I will take that assumption as absolute. So... (laughs) I mean, I don't you know, know if who, yeah, I don't know which, assuming. yeah, I didn't know which one of us you wanted us. Yes, uh, that is, that is what he's intimating. Jax, it's been such a short time since we met. I can't say that I fully approve, but I can sense your determination in doing this. I just hope that it works out for the best. And though your stay with us was short-lived, I do not regret offering you membership into the guilds. You seem to have a strong soul. And for that, once you return, or shall we meet again, the guild is waiting for you. And uh, with a smile, Riley puts, like, uh, on his tiptoes, a hand on uh, Jax's shoulder, and with the other hand, undoes his own cloak and flings it around Jax's neck, securing it tight with one false uh, motion. And he says, Don't forget you are part of the Morheim Guild. Never lose your soul, Jax. If I am destined to return home, I will gladly spread the word of the Riley Morheim Guild to all who will listen. But if by some weird twist of fate I'm not able to return home, I give you my word as a member of the machine army, I will return and I will fight alongside you as you combat this grave thing. Riley nods and smiles and says, I'm trusting you to uphold my name. Go forth and do what you must, Jax. And uh, Sailor Jax bows deeply. It's returned in kind. So I think after that, Sailor Jax will give the rest of his goodbyes. Uh, is there any? Oh, I actually have something. Say... Yeah, I, have, oh. I, actually, I actually. Okay, I didn't want to interrupt him. <laughs> Trax. Well, I didn't know Traxus was going to jump in and be a douche, so I was going to wait for you to get your thing out. No, no go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I, I'll say very loud to everyone. Well, here at last, my new friends, in the shambles of what used to be Starlight City, comes the end of our fellowship. Go in peace. I will not say, do not weep. For not all tears are an evil. And I'll walk over to Trax. Touching. He'll put a hand on your shoulder. And what the rest of you see uh, as Sater Jax to himself, relatively at average speed walking away, to the rest of you, he is but a blur, spewing out into the street and far off into the distance. Do you think he's going to be okay? He's going to be fine. Well, you have more experience with, well, him than any of us, so. And I have a bad feeling about this. 
Yes, he, he mentioned that you had warned him. You had cautioned him against what he was doing, but... I, I know not of Traxxas. So. Traxxas just likes to watch. He is bored. Or he could be planning something. He's not planning something. He just... He's kind of timeless. He's in all time. He sees everything. He gets bored. He wants connections to people so that he can see things from different perspectives and possibly be entertained by it. And because he can see so much, he knows who, like, key players are. And they're the ones who have the most to show him in their timeline. Well, I cannot say I know enough to dispute that. My concerns shall remain my own, though I do have faith that Jax will stay true to himself. It seems the only choice I currently have. And we as a group have bigger matters to deal with at this time. And with that, I think we will end the session. Oh, just so everybody knows, there's there's a tiny little mole sitting on Brock's shoulder. Just just to point that out. <laughs> also, Brock, there's a rat in your shoulder. I'll get it. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, you could. It, it wouldn't bother him. Kremalkin, no. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, which um, I should point out, I don't think this thing actually is like a mole. I think it's animate dirt that is in the shape of a mole. So it just looks like dirt, which I guess looks like a mole anyway. Is that a, a diminutive golem? <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Great Balkan has a lower IQ than most animals. <laughs> Animate dirt is prey. And I'm actually kind of sad that we don't get yet another pet to add to our uh, roster here. Gonna ruin that, that final boss fight against uh, like Taraxis or whatever with a hundred animals swarming out of my tree, man. <laughs> Listen, it's secretly one of my goals to get Leaf as many little animal companions as humanly possible. We almost got a bird, but the bird's a time traveler now. The final, the, the final boss fight's just gonna, it's gonna be one turn. It's gonna take like 12 hours, because every single creature and that's flying out of box is gonna get a get a All turn. Right. What does Grey Malkin do? What does Mozart do? What does the mole do? What do your three rat buddies do? They all get hucked by a Trent, goddammit. <laughs> wow. He can Range throw anything. <laughs> <coughs> You're muted, Sean. You're talking to yourself. I guess Box has a strength of 24 now. Wow. Oh, yeah. Bach would be marveling over the size of uh, of Box now. Well, I'm no longer as strong as the tree. <laughs> How do we get the tree class levels? Let's let's fucking get on this. The tree needs to be a barbarian. Yeah, Boxbarian. 
Hi, this is Tracy, the voice of a deer. I would like to take a moment to tell you about a new podcast. It's called Dustrous. We have a pre-colonialism Native American, a Old West gambler, and a modern day teenager from Detroit. Dropped off in a brand new world full of magic and absolute chaos. I am the DM. I will try to wrangle them and guide them as they make their journey across this world and maybe learn some new things and right some wrongs. If you like high magic fantasy, this is definitely a world for you. You can find us on Twitter at Dustrous Podcast, and we hope you join us there and in the Discord. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. My name is Don. You can find me do other tabletop RPG podcasts over at HexgridHeroes.com. I'm currently rebooting a Starfinder campaign, and I'm the voice of Pokemon trainer Cory in Pokemon Seichao. Over there I also sit down with a couple of my friends and we discuss how a horror movie can be used in a haunted house setting. If you'd like to hear me talk more about horror movies, I also do a horror movie review podcast over on the Necropodicon Network. It's right there in the name, How to Survive a Horror Movie, where we talk about movies like Legion, Hush, and Quiet Place, and we talk about how the people in the movie could have survived this better, and what would be our perfect sequel. That's all for me for now. You never know I'm going to have another project, so follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Don Buley. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. You go into a mining settlement called Fillmore's Crossing. It's about 30 miles outside of the control zone. Do y'all know what the control zone is? Of course we do. Oh, of course Naturally. I know what the control zone is. I mean, control, like, of course we know what the control yeah, zone is. You guys, you zone guys probably the, like the zone. I fucking hate both of you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Some weird stuff's been going on in Fillmore's Crossing. We just got word that three days ago, Elma's wife, she tore the three kids limb from limb and doesn't remember doing it at all. Sounds like it's like the, the Wild West out there. <laughs> LCP D&D is an actual play D&D 5E podcast. Our current adventure is set in the Wild West and features magic, orcs, vampires, and an all-original soundtrack. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, and CastBox. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and even hang out with us in our Discord server, LCP D&D. If you'd like to become a patron, you can find us on patreon.com forward slash eldritchdream. We have a bunch of rewards for Dustress and Aeterna involved. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, linked in the episode description. You can also find links to our Tee Public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord. We love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends. And until next time, everybody... May the Elder Gods haunt your dreams. When Taraxis left, Sater Jacks to go speak to others in town. 
he wasn't lying. There was another person, if you can call him that. A figure who, without any effort, floats in the sky looking down upon the city. His eyes with slit pupils and a crimson glow, skin pale as death. Two swords at his side, one rapier and a scimitar with an opal in its hilt. This man is dressed very, very finely. His cloak clasped with a symbol, that of a five-pointed star being crushed in a hand. So, I see you're still around. Keeping an eye on things, are you? Stay out of my business. Now, now, now. There's no reason we can't be friends. Tell me, Hellcrusher. What are you doing in this timeline? You don't belong here. As I said, stay out of my business. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> Taraxis meanders around the map, who stares down at the city, his eyes picking out individuals, particular movement. He's looking for someone, a group of people, but not our heroes. You know, if you're looking for someone, I might be able to help you out. I don't need your help, monster. I know they're here. Are you sure things aren't quite the same here as they were back when you came from? How did you get here anyway? You just sort of appear. It's rather interesting. as you might assume, monster. Powerful magic. Well, well, far be it from me to get in the way of a god-killer. The man looks at Taraxis, having never been touched by the creature, but still quite capable of seeing him. You know a lot. Oh yes, yes I do. <laughs> I've seen your cycle. I saw how it ended. 
I won't be taking your services now, monster. But, perhaps stay around. I might find use of you. At that time, the well-dressed man removes his wide-brimmed hat. Shadows cloy at the edges of his body. And monsters begin to spill out of the shadow into the streets below. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you like that little extra tidbit, that bit of mystery that, uh, who this person is at the end. And I just want to give a big thank you to everybody who listens, a whole lot of appreciation to our patrons, and to everybody who's stuck with us over the last year. While Eterna is not quite turning a year old yet, and Eldritch Dream Games is on July 12th, uh, AEDG will be a year old. Uh, we're currently running, up until that date, we're currently running a sale on our drive through RPG. Everything's 75% off if you want to go check it out. Uh, just search N Eldritch Dream Games. It, it's been an interesting year. Uh, I've learned a lot. I've had to change a lot of things. And we've started not one but two podcasts, met a bunch of other podcasters that are absolutely phenomenal, uh, made a lot of friends. And I just want to say thank you to everybody because you're all awesome. And I don't know if we could have done what we've done without all of you. So thank you. Thank you very much. And this is Sean signing off for episode 32.